Hello, and uh, let's get lost for a while. I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Anita. And um, if you're listening now, uh, welcome. You're welcome. This probably our... the first one that you've ever listened to, or you uh, enjoyed our last podcast but decided not to comment on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is our second podcast. This is our second podcast. Um, About episode four, season four, Eggtown. Eggtown. Which was a Kate-centric flash-forward episode. Ooh, very exciting. Um, we found out that Kate is one of the Oceanic Six, which, you know, we already knew. <laughs> but, uh, we have a lot to talk about today, I guess. We have, um... So recap, we have um, uh-huh. Entertainment Weekly article, which is a huge one. Mm-hmm. With Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Right. And uh, just... Darlton Cuseloff. Darlton Cuseloff. Because um, honestly, who wants to say those two names in a row? For real. Um, we're not sure if that... Um, some people might consider it a little... Spoilerish. If I you're think a, if you're an anti-spoiler Nazi, but I if mean, you're can, you know can... if you've ever read an interview with Darlton Kuzeloff, I think you know what to expect, and you know your uh, your spoiler limits. Yeah. So we'll, if we'll, you're we'll... one of those people who, who abruptly changes the channel so you don't have to see the next time on Lost, then you probably shouldn't stick. Probably something wrong with you. There's probably you're probably a little crazy. You're probably, you're probably not listening to this podcast. Probably, who, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that when you're we get. You're probably not listening. To this <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get. But to it. um, and then we have we have some spoilers, a little dry in the spoiler. Department. We got some spoilers. We have a few big ones. We're just gonna be talking theories and. We have some theories, the some good theories about the button and time, time and yeah, space and all that. So, um, first thing we're going to do is a bit of an episode recap and discussion. Quick recap, starting off with On Island. On Island recap. Um, so one of the first things we see is Locke bringing Ben eggs, and uh, another classic Locke freakout moment where Mm -hmm. Ben really gets in his head, and I don't know about you, but I think he's starting to lose it again. Locke? Yeah. I don't think Locke ever got it back. <laughs> well, he got his mojo back a little. Uh, <laughs> for like a day, and then once um, he got a following. Yeah. He's like a cult leader. He really is. He's a little bit scary. But, um... And then, of course, Kate is with Locke now. And, um... Sawyer is asking her if she will, you know, assuming that she'll move in with him and she says that is not going she to happen. She thinks they're this, you know... Couple. Uh, when he brings up the fact that she's possibly pregnant... Could be pregnant. She basically tells him to... GTFO. Yeah. And, uh... I, I don't know a lot of... A lot of, uh... Confusing stuff going on with them. They're just... Ridiculous. They're... I think... One of the things that people said in uh, spoilers in preparation for this episode is that Kate and Sawyer fans will not be happy, and I think that's true. Yeah, there's I'm, nothing there. I'm not a Kate and Sawyer fan, so I'm happy. There's nothing there. There's nothing there anymore. So, not that there's much between Kate and Jack, but... So, 
One of the most interesting things that comes out of this episode is a scene between Jin and Sun, where um, Jin is looking at a map of the U.S. and trying to figure out where they might live when they get off the island. Um, and then Sun says that she wants to raise her baby at home. She's very she said, adamant about yeah, that. Yeah, I want to raise my baby at home, she says. And he has to remind her, um, it's my baby too. Yeah, he says it's our baby. So, I don't know. Uh, she seemed pretty thrilled when she found out it was his baby in the uh, Dharma station. So, why now the sudden... Uh... She never really liked him anyway. She's a... She's a whore. She's a bitch. <laughs> She's a... She's rude. She's mean. She's mean, and, um... She's cold-hearted, and she doesn't have... I really feel bad for Jin sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel bad for Jin a lot. And, um... So, uh... Jack, Daniel, Charlotte, and Juliet come back to the beach and tell... <laughs> you just said Jack Daniels. <laughs> I was like, what does that have to do with anything? I'll just call him Danielle like I usually do. Danielle Faraday. Jack, Danny, Charlotte, and Juliet come back to the beach and tell Jin and Son about the helicopter. And um, when Son asks where Kate is, he says that, you know, she decided to stay. He's pretty emo about it. Um, and um, I don't know where I was leading with that. <laughs> So inconsequential. Yeah. Back uh, to uh, Locke's people. Kate wants to speak to Miles, and she, um, another instance where you really see that Locke is kind of losing control. He's, in he's creepy about it. He says it's not a democracy, and then if it, and Kate she says, says, "What is it? Dictatorship?" Then. And uh, he says, if this was a dictatorship, I could have just shot you right here. Shot you in the head and would have gone about my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not all there anymore. He's afraid he's losing control, and I think he is. So he won't tell her where he's switched miles to, but then Kate manages to uh, Scooby-Doo Hurley. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just Scooby-Dooed me, didn't you? That was, that was the great, best line. That was a great line. I love that, like, consistently every five episodes you can rely on a great Hurley line <laughs> to come out with. Yeah. It's a, cons a consistent every five episodes is good. So she uh, then goes to Miles and de he demands one thing for in exchange for telling Kate what he knows about her. She, she really wants to know person. if he is aware that she is a fugitive. To, to know that what she's going to be going back to. Right, because Sawyer's whole speech about um, how we have nothing to go back to, I think, really spooked her. And she's finally kind of realizing that, oh, wait, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit on, you know, inviting these people to just come to this island and take yeah, me back. And, and go with them, willingly. So, um... Jack and Juliet can't get in touch with the freighter, and um, Sun is beginning to wonder if maybe there's something going on if they really are there that hurt them. And uh, Jack says Locke is crazy, and Sun says, well, if he's so crazy, why did Kate stay with him? Uh, 
one of the things to come out of these enhanced episodes is um, the statement that there's only one thing that can make Jack stay on the island, Kate. And, uh, you know... I don't know, I think that was just a... It's a given, but um, I feel like it does have a lot to do with um, her whole story, which we'll get into later about her getting off. Um, one of the next things we see is Kate doing laundry with Claire, you know, all these, you know, classic scenes of you know, doing laundry together, having coffee, uh, watching Xanadu. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. Drinking. Clearly they're getting comfortable. Yeah. Um, Aaron starts crying. And Claire, uh, Claire asks if Kate will pick him up and comfort him. And Kate kind of hesitates and says, you know, uh, I'm not really good with babies. Claire says, you know, it's easy. It's one of the last things that she thought she would be good at. But she ends up picking up Aaron and... How people didn't just watch this scene and figure out what was going on. I don't know. I was thinking <laughs> that too as I watched it, and I was like, "But if I, I well, we, knew, we knew it was Aaron, we knew it was Aaron. That was one of our spoilers from last week. That um, <laughs> we were, we knew that Kate had Aaron. We the know end. the ending of every episode <laughs> before." Before it happens, but um, I was thinking, I was thinking, I would have been watching that, and the, it, to me, if I had not known, that would have just been like a, a an allusion to the fact that she's going to end up with a child. Yeah, not necessarily Ex him. Exactly. There is a lot more Aaron talk in the episode, though. But mm. um, later, uh, we see Kate coming over to Sawyer's house. <clears throat> they share some Dharma boxo and <laughs> Dharma um, boxo. I'd love to get some Dharma boxo. That really sounds great. I would love that kind of drop every uh, mm -hmm. every so often. A boxo is just a big juice box. Yeah, just a yeah. giant juice box. <laughs> it's a giant juice box, which we've seen on uh, Arrested Development. That's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> that's not a podcast. That's just sad. That show's gone. I know. Anyway. Um, so Kate basically admits to Sawyer that she wants to use him for something. Um. Later we see Sawyer going to Locke and kind of, you know, hey, want to play backgammon? Yeah. Uh, he says he wants to talk to him and he thinks that Kate may be up to something. That uh, she figured out where Miles is. Locke says, you know, she, how does she know that? She doesn't know that. Um, if her, if, if Hugo her, knows something, everyone knows. Everyone, everyone knows it. So... He convinces Locke, basically, that they should go check it out, and first he asks for his word that he's not going to hurt Kate, and he gives him that. Um, but when they go to the boathouse, Miles is gone, which brings us to the next uh, very interesting scene in this episode. So Kate brings Miles to Ben, and she very literally gives him a minute to mm -hmm. talk to him. Um, and Miles basically says, I know who you are. Um, and he says, do you know who I am and who I work for? And Ben says yes to both questions. Uh, he says for $3.2 million, he'll say that when he got there, Ben was already dead. And Ben asks, you know, what about Charlotte? She's already seen me. And he says that he'll take care of her. 
Ben asks, why so precise a number? Why 3.2? Why not 3.3 or 3.4? And, um, which could just be him being sassy, but I'm a little curious. curious He said 3.2, and I I thought the same thing. Why 3.2? So Miles gives him two days to come up with the money in cash. And Ben says, two days, it's a little rough, I'm a prisoner. And then he gives him a week to come up with it. Um, Kate then ends their little discussion together and uh, asks what he knows about her. And he basically spews out all of it. He knows what she did. and Who she is. Who she's she, a fugitive. What she's coming back to. Um, a lot of people think that Miles is Ben's man on the boat. And I really think that this kind of proves that he can't be. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that that was all, like, some strange I don't know how you could, uh, really set up a situation like that. Yeah, I don't think it's him. So flawlessly. I don't think it's him. I think... I think it's someone else. Um, so... At that point, Locke comes, he gets Miles, and he tells Kate to go home. Later, he shows up at her house and uh, banishes her. He says that she has to leave the next morning. And um, she goes to Sawyer for comfort. He says he'll protect her. He's and, you know, shirtless they get, reading some book. Yeah. They get to, like, third base. I thought they went all the way, and I was so excited. They don't go all the way. Because um, we're doing Lost Fantasy League, and <laughs> I would get... I, I picked Kate, and I would get 15, 15 whole points if she has sex with someone, even though you get 20 if she kisses someone, which is... Which is a backwards logic. Anyway. Um, so, they, you know, don't sleep together. And, um, or they... They just sleep together. They just sleep uh, together. Back on, on the beach, uh, Daniel and Charlotte uh, have some sort of card memory game mm-hmm. set up. Uh, and she tells him to guess the cards that he just saw. And he guesses only two out of three of them. Now, this is really interesting. And he's very hesitant about all of them. Yeah, he's not very sure. And... This is very interesting because in the enhanced episode for uh, episode four point two, the freighter centric one, uh, confirmed dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was revealed that the woman in Daniel's house was actually his uh, caretaker, not, not his, his wife. wife, which is very strange. Uh, you which know, leads to questions: Why does he need a caretaker? Why does he need a caretaker? Now we're seeing that it obviously has something to do with some form of uh, memory loss, whether it is um, just sudden thing, if it has to do with some sort of head injury, uh, we don't know. And they're and actually short-term memory. Yeah. Too. Well, that's what it seems. Although when he was watching the uh, news news report about uh, A15, he couldn't remember why he was upset about it, and it just seems like that would be a long-term memory. Either that or he had, yeah. 
Yeah, it well, could it could it could be either, but I guess lot, short term is a little less. A lot of believable. theories about time travel too, and the fact that he may be remembering some alternative past, or if it's possible, alternative future. Yeah, that led him to be more connected to the flight. Um, and when we get into this EW article and a few theories, we're gonna see. Um, a lot of stuff about time. There's a they lot talk, of stuff about, about time, time and memory. Um, so just wrapping up on the island, um, Jackass, if there's another way to call the island. That, that sounded like you just said Jackass. <laughs> well, he is sometimes. Yeah. But uh, Jack asks if there is another way to call the freighter. Uh, Charlotte says that there's an emergency line, and when they call, Regina says that... Uh, the helicopter's not there, and she thought it was still on the island. So, um... Which is almost reminiscent of the rocket. Right, exactly. Fiasco. Although they left the day, the day prior, so it seems like it would take much less than... Yeah. Assuming Lupita's followed the coordinates that Faraday, so... Maybe he just adamantly. likes to be risky like that. Maybe, Maybe he's a, you know, he likes to experiment. Frank so, Lapidus, helicopter pilot extraordinaire. <laughs> Isn't that, didn't they say that idea had been pitched? Yes. Since the beginning of the show? Yeah. Uh, Lapidus, master pilot. Master helicopter pilot. Um, back on, uh, at the, uh, at the barracks, Miles is, uh, tied up now in the shack again, and, um, Locke comes for a little visit to bring him breakfast. Locke says he's responsible for the well-being of the island, and puts a grenade in Miles. Takes the pin out of a grenade, with the handle, so that Miles' mouth, biting down on this grenade, is keeping it from exploding. So if he, if the handle is let go, he's blown to smithereen. So if he spits it out in any way, he's a goner. Now, uh... Which is a, a quite the threatening gesture. Quite, quite, not exactly breakfast. No. Not quite what he expected. Mm -hmm. He looks genuinely terrified. Yeah. Um... Again, Locke just kind of going off the deep end. Yeah. Um, at that point, Kate wakes up with Sawyer. Um, he says, you know, we didn't go all the way last night, so let's do it now. Uh, she refuses, and uh, he says it's because of her pregnancy, and to which she replies, she's not pregnant, and uh, he says he's not worried because she'll come running back when she's mad at Jack again, and she slaps him. She slaps mm -hmm. him. They're both abusive. Um, so the interesting stuff now. Flash forward. The flash, flash forward. forward recap. Flash forward to recap. Uh, so, first thing, Kate entering the courtroom. Paparazzi everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the voices that shouted out to Kate, if you reverse it, says, we hate you. Yeah, it's when, when she's walking past the crowd of people and there's like one guy. And it, it and screams it, it, out. And there's like a He's lot of voices distinct. yelling at her. And it 
it sounds like a backwards thing, and you reverse it, and it says we hate you, which I don't know why you would even bother making that backwards. For real. Um, it's very strange. <clears throat> so her charges are read, she pleads not guilty, uh, and it, they decide to keep her in custody because she has a flight risk. Um, she meets her lawyer in prison, and he says that they have to make the case about her character, and, um, says that they should bring him in. Mm-hmm. She says, you know, you're not bringing my son into this. Which is a yeah. shock. Cause a shock. Ooh, we know she has a son. Now she has a son. Whose is it? Whose is it? And that was the general question, I think, throughout the whole episode. Is it Sawyer's? Is it Jack's? Um, not my question. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Everyone else in the room, though, is... Yeah. So, um... We see her, uh... The trial going on, and her lawyer apologizes and says, I had to do this, and Jack comes in. Now, this is a huge point. Um, this is where we get our first glimpse of some sort of concocted story yeah. about what happened. Um, Jack says he knows Kate because she was also on Oceanic Flight 815, which crashed on an island in the South Pacific. On September 22nd, 2004. 2004. Um, kind of says to me that it's not currently 2004. Right. Um, Kate's lawyer asks if he knew of Kate's fugitive status and how. Jack replies it wasn't via the marshal telling him as he died during the plane crash. It was Kate who later told him of her status. And, uh, he says that since she was such a good person, he he thought it must have been some sort of mistake, not a real, Mm -hmm. uh, crime. He states that there were only eight survivors, and um, all of which Kate helped to get to shore and then to safety and treated them with first aid. According to Jack, Kate was the one who helped the survivors. Before he can continue his testimony, Kate interrupts in protest. The DA then cross-examines with a single question, do you love the defendant? Jack hesitates and answers, not anymore. And also, <clears throat> there, when Jack is explaining what happened on the island... There were eight survivors, blah, blah, blah. He says that she was the one who rescued them all, got them all to safety, treated their wounds, like, cooked them food, like, did everything. (laughs) And then he says... a big hero. Right before he gets cut off by her, by Kate, he says she tried to save the other two and then gets cut off. Right. So, apparently in this story there were... Eight survivors, six got off, two died. So who are the other two? Right, and why did they tell that story that they... Why was it integral for this lie they've made up well, that there one be of, two Well, one dead? of the things that could make um, another survivor um, crucial to this is that they know it's not her baby. Yeah. Not her biological baby, but mm-hmm. that... Um, Whoever she saved, she took the responsibility of taking care of their child, and thus, maybe this person that they claim died, maybe they are actually saying that it was Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she's become this child's mother so much that they, she was allowed to have custody. I don't see how that works, seeing as she's a convicted criminal. Right. Um, really, it, it, that's the question, and then 
also you could wonder, uh, could those two people be Michael and Walt? Yeah, and then they said that they died. So, uh, it's just like why, why did did these two people have to be part of this story? So that's something I'm sure that we're gonna come back to when we're talking about this story. Um, the next thing we see is um, Kate's mother re being wheeled in to speak to her. Um, and I found this really interesting because <laughs> I guess I just assumed her mother was dead. I <laughs> From that, that past flashback where she came to visit her and her mother, you know, shouted help. I really thought that she was dead at that point, but <coughs> they said that her mother's testimony is, you know, what's going to seal this case. Because Kate basically confessed to her mother. Um, so I'm going to read the whole conversation verbatim because I think it's pretty important. Kate says, why are you here? Her mom says, because I'm, it all changed when I thought you were dead. My doctors have given me six, six months to live for the last four years. I don't know how long I'm going to last. I came here to tell you that I don't want to testify against you. Then don't. I want to see my grandson. Kate says, you came here to make a deal. Her mom says, I just want to see him. Kate says, I don't want you anywhere near him. So. Her doctors have given her six months to live for the past four years. What I want to know is at what point are we to assume that this started? Um, is it when Kate went to first visit her in the hospital? Is it from when 815 crashed? Making her able to, you know, see Kate come back alive? And why is she surviving? Um... Yeah, uh, why yeah. make why make the fact that she's been giving given a death sentence for the past four years such an integral part of this conversation? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really get this theory, or this this fixation. Because how would you not get this fixation? Because it just seems to, just a comment. I don't think it's just a comment. I don't think anything else is just a comment. I know, but I I don't I don't know how it fits in with the like the timeline. Not so much the timeline, but the fact that she's not dying. And we could go into the whole time travel thing. <laughs> we could exhaust that until it's just dead. But uh it's definitely something to think about. Um we do have to think about the timeline because how old is Aaron at this point? He looked well, two or three. Two or three, and it says in the in that he's credited, he's credited as the two-year-old two boy. boy, which would make this two thousand six. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, the end of two thousand six. Yeah. So um. Back in court, um, it they find out that Kate's mother can't present uh, her testimony due to a health problem. Uh, they call recess. Uh, the district attorney at this point offers Kate a deal of four years in prison. 
uh, Kaitzler objects, claiming the jury would never choose jail time for her. Due to the heroic story, um, she was killing her father to save her mother. Um, the DA then offers a deal of time served plus 10 years in state probation. Uh, the lawyer says, no way, you know, I want more freedom, but Kate immediately agrees to this, and she says she's not going anywhere because of her son. Um, so the last thing, one of the last things we see is, uh, she leaves the courtroom out the back door, and, uh, Jack is waiting for her. <laughs> Jack, after quickly exiting his big truck. That, that Bronco. Has, uh, lost, PDA says. He, <laughs> big truck. Jack loves that big truck. Yeah, they, they were things strange. Um, their recaps are... It's the same car from his flash forward. That's, right. That's the key. His big truck. Um, when asked how he knew she'd be there, Jack says that uh, her lawyer owed him one. And then he goes on to say, you know, I didn't mean what I said in court. I do still love you, basically. He loves to tell her that. She doesn't care, but he loves <laughs> to tell her that. Kate says, you know, I've heard you tell that story so many times that I'm starting to think you believe it's real. Uh, at that point, she invites Jack back to our house. You know, why don't you chill with me and uh, Aaron for a while? To which he says, you know, quite yeah. sketchily, Ah, uh, no, but, you know, let's get coffee sometime. With the history of these two, he's... In all seriousness, suggesting coffee. Yeah. Um, she says that, you know, there will be no coffee between us until you can accept and you're, you are willing to see him. Which, you know, had everyone thinking, you know, it's definitely Sawyer. Um, but, as we see in the last scene, she walks in to baby Aaron. Mm -hmm. Who says, hi, mommy. Hi, mommy. And she says... Hi, Aaron. And you just go crazy because you didn't see it coming. You just didn't see it coming. Uh, there's been some talk about the things on the walls in Aaron's room. Uh, he's got some cool robots. <clears throat> Sweet <laughs> robots. He's got uh, a picture that has a card in it. Playing card. It's not the same card that um, Daniel... Was not yeah. It's not any of the three. So cards I don't that think it's. I don't think it's that important. Um, we do have a sort of just comment on the whole heroism story. Uh, this person on Lost TV forum called Eleven Rooster Eleven. You can't kill the rooster. <laughs> he says, or she says. Sorry. Uh. Clearly the Oceanic Six have a tight script so, as to the events. Eleven chicken eleven. Eleven hen eleven. It's a rooster. Alright. Clearly the Oceanic Six have a tight script as to the events involving the crash in the days that followed. Certainly numerous people have a tremendous amount to lose if the truth is revealed. So as they're about to be rescued, Kate tells Jack that she needs to be the hero in hopes that her celebrity and heroism will win the day in court. Poor logic, perhaps. Otherwise she says she will stay put. Jack, being in love with her, agrees. Maybe hold out to make the other four agree also, and the story is forged. 
All six agree and go their separate ways. Later, we see Jack preparing for court, perhaps in Hurley's flashback. He's concerned that Hurley is losing it and will spill the beans. He testifies and then needs to talk to Hurley at Santa Rosa to make sure that he won't run his mouth and ruins Kate, ruin Kate's defense as well as set Jack up on perjury charges. I can buy that. Um, yeah, yeah. But also, I, I I can buy her refusing to leave. In yes. Order, and Jack in some way saying that he will... Although she did not seem happy at all that he was there as a witness. Yeah. But also, I I was always inclined to believe that this story that they have, this, like, grand lie that they're telling was, you know, imposed upon them by some right. greater force. T telling them that if they do not tell this lie, then bad things are going to happen. Exactly. Um, so why make Kate a hero is the question. And, um... Maybe the, maybe the only way that the these six were going to agree to go along with the story is if they all got the, you know, Kate gets to be free, like, right. make some way for Kate to be free, make her the hero, you know. Um... It's very confusing, and it's very hard to piece this together when you know that there's some sort of grand lie going on. Yeah, that you don't know the origin of. And, um, well, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, so, one of the things, you know, you gotta think about is why is Jack so bothered about seeing Aaron? Is it just the fact that, um, you know, Claire is now missing her child? I mean, I, I wouldn't you think that Kate, wouldn't you think that Kate would be just as bothered by that as yeah. Jack would? Why is she able to just go along with this lie. Well, Jack, by nature, is usually more inclined to become caught up over things that are not him, but he believes to be his fault. His fault. Whereas Kate, obviously, you know, killed someone, so she's a little more apt to let things go, no matter how horrendous. And it brings up it brings up, I guess, the question, does Jack maybe know that he's in some way related to Aaron? Right. And where is Claire that she doesn't have him? Yeah, I think some... Is she alive? Is she dead? Right. Is there going to be some sort of grand reunion? And at that point, how does she resume custody of Aaron after he's been raised to believe that... Raised by another... <laughs> yeah. <quote>. Yeah. <laughs> He n now believes that Kate is his mother. is his mother, and that's not the way it was supposed to be. So why are things not turning out the way that they're supposed to be? Yeah, maybe the reason that things are so bad for everyone off the island is because Aaron is not being raised by right Claire. Um. So once again, with that, we could go into time travel, and. We have a lot of, uh, we have two good 
theories, I think, on time travel and um, the meaning of the numbers and the, the button and everything. Uh, I'm just going to read. You want to do this go, before the article? or Yeah, just in case the article. The article, once again, you know, there's a spoiler issue. Um, so you can go to, uh, theoriesonlost.blogspot.com, and, um, there's a pretty good theory by this person, Man from Tallahassee815. Uh, you love the screen <laughs> names. I do love people's screen <laughs> names. Because mine are never lost, mine are never lost-based. They're just a You got the numbers in there. I have the numbers in my email address, which we're not going to give out. I'll give you email me no. and I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> um, so basically, this is just a, a theory about um, time travel and how it can affect memory and um, how the fact maybe that Faraday's past is being changed as we're, as we're seeing this. And that's why his memory is so mixed up. Because he is trying to put together old memories with new ones that are being created somehow in the past or have been created for him and they're just not linking up for him. Um, there's a lot about that, but the part that I found the most interesting is about the island, the numbers, and Dharma. And I'm going to quote it. Um, basically, the island is the anti-paradox of time travel. It allows certain gifted people like Desmond or Miss Hawking, probably even Brother Campbell, since he's the reason Desmond met, met Penny in the first place, to go back and change certain events in history in order to see how they change the future. This would probably mean that the Dharma goal was to change the past to ensure the future will be a good one. I'm guessing Dharma really screwed with the past in some way, which resulted in an incident. Time was altered so drastically that they had to go into damage control and prevent the past from changing so much that it would undo a lot of their work. How would they do that? A reset button. The computer, the button, the numbers. If it doesn't work correctly, they hit the reset button and go back to the home point on the timeline, the one that relates to the numbers. The numbers could describe the location of the island in four dimensions, plus the acceleration rate and direction of the island on the timeline. Well, ever since the failsafe, they can't reset. Whatever changes are being made to history now, they're becoming permanent and everything is going to change for good. I like this theory. Um, I guess I haven't been connecting anything else happening, um, on the island with, like, this confirmed time travel element. And I, I really hadn't thought about the hatch and the numbers in a while. Yeah. So, I think this is really interesting how... The destruction of the hatch, which we saw, you know, two seasons ago, the end of season two, mm -hmm. is basically all leading up to this point. Um, again, we don't know when the Freighter People's uh, flashbacks were occurring in time. Right. And we don't know the exact timeline that the island, the, uh plane, rather, was found, but, um, I remember on one of the 
news channels. Apparently it said 2007. Yeah. But I think... A lot, yeah. That might have been a production error. I don't know. There's a... Yeah. Then you could also... You could also assume that those were actually flash-forwards, but... I don't think those were flash-forwards. I definitely don't think they were flash-forwards. Um... So that is one theory. There's another one by um, BFD. And you can make your own guesses. Big effing. <laughs> you you know. fill in the blank. <laughs> uh, or big funny dude. Big funny dude. Um, you know. BFG. Uh, big friendly giant. <laughs> it's a great roll doll book. Well. I don't know why you just insulted him, because I like this theory. Um, <laughs> it's not my fault that's his name. Uh, <laughs> bad choice of a username, maybe. Maybe we should have a segment <laughs> where we uh, take the usernames of people on different forums and just rate them. Oh, uh, big effing deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big, uh... Yeah, we'll do a poll. I'm a big username. We'll do a poll every fan. week of the usernames we mention, and then <laughs> see if they're good or not. Now, this theory's really good. It's called Island Time Now Falling Behind Real Time. And I have to stop myself from basically reading the whole thing out loud, but basically the gist of it is, um, ever since the hatch imploded, time on the island has been falling behind real-time off the island, and that was the point at which it started doing this. Um, he says that the first observation is the rocket experiment performed by Daniel. The results showed a time dif differential of around 31 minutes. But what is key here, but what is key here is relative to what starting point. I believe this 31-minute difference applies not only to the period in which the rocket was launched, to when it was received by Daniel. Oh god. I believe this 31 minute differential applies only to the period in which the rocket was launched when it was received by Daniel. According to Regina, she acknowledged that it took around 30 seconds for the rocket to reach Daniel from when it launched. But according to Daniel, the stopwatch in the rocket said it took about 31 minutes longer to reach his position. So in a very basic sense, I believe that one second of time elapsed on the island is equivalent to about one minute of elapsed time off the island. In other words, if someone were to arrive at the island, stay on it for exactly one day, and then leave the next, that person would find that 60 days have gone by in the outside world. And that means that people in the outside world have aged by 60 days, even though the person who was left has only aged by one day. Now, this is only at this direct moment in time, though. So, two weeks from now, that discrepancy would be larger, based on this theory. Because they're saying that ever since the hatch imploded, Time has been slowly slipping more. slipping more and more. So, like, a day after the hatch imploded, maybe it was, like, a discrepancy of a few seconds. Whereas now, after all this time, it's a discrepancy of 31 minutes. After a little more time, it could be a discrepancy of a, of a day, years. And it can just consistently get... Larger. larger. A larger gap between these two different times. Um... He cites Locks seeing an older Walt. Um, says that Walt appeared to be around 13 to 15. Uh, he was 9 years old when the flight crashed, and it was day 67 that he was taken off the island. Um, 
Fast forward a little bit to Locke's version of Older Walt, this happened day 94, which was 27 days after Walt left the island. You apply the theory that one day on the island equals 60 days off the island, then 27 days on island is 4.4 years off island, so Walt would have now been over 13 years of age off island. Uh, that's, that's cool, because they did say that they were going to account for the age, the age difference in uh, Malcolm David Kelly. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see, uh, the key lies in what year it will be in the outside world when Oceanic 6 leave the island. Now remember they did crash mid-2004, but the hatch imploded on day 67, which is the day I believe the island started falling behind real-world time. In the latest episode of The Economist, we know that the number of days on the island has now reached 94. I'm assuming Jack and the rest of the Oceanic 6 are getting close to getting off the island. Let's say it happens by day 100. So subtracting 67 from 100 yields 33 days. 33 days on the island means about 5.5 years have gone by in the outside world. So this would mean the date in the outside world when the Oceanic 6 get off the island would be around 2010. Which is a little further than I Which is a little further. I don't know. They're also not applying their own theory of the fact that it's slipping more. Right. But I don't think it goes as far as 2010. Um... 2010, it's an issue for me because in the obituary that Jack was reading, the person who hung themselves supposedly hung themselves in a development that is not supposed to be completed until 2010, but the obit read 2007. The obituary said... So, but um, I don't think that's... I think that's just using an arbitrary, it could just be using an arbitrary, you know, place. It was also a very generic name. Yeah. Could have been a coincidence. But the thing is, the, the show ends in 2010, and if these flash-forwards are taking place in 2010, it's, I find it hard to believe that at the end of, like, say we catch up to these flash-forwards at the end of the season. So at the end of this season... We're looking forward to 2008, and then are they going to go into the future even more before we, you know, like, by the end of the season, they're in, like, 2012? By the end of the series, I mean, they're in 2012? Right. I, I, I feel, I feel like, like we're going to end at, the, at, the, at today's date, just as how, when the plane crashed, it was, it was September 22nd, 2004, and that's the day that the show premiered. Yeah. I feel like they're going to I feel like these flash-forwards are are now, and that by the end of right. the series, we will be in then, then. you know? May, whatever, <clears throat> 2010. Yeah. Um, so, this person says, uh, I believe Dharma was using the hatch to reset the island time to sync with the outside world time every time the button was pushed every 108 minutes. This kept the island from slipping into the past, as it may have a natural tendency to do. When synced, people could come and go to the island very easily with little or unnoticeable delay, i.e. someone working for Dharma. Someone working on the island for Dharma could leave a year later and not arrive in a futuristic world. When the hatch imploded, this severed the ability to sync the island with the outside world. That's... Sorry, I just shouted. But that's a little uh, confusing to me just because... I guess with Ben, he knows to expect it. Yeah. And there are there are a lot of, you know, 
glitches with this kind of theory, but overall, I think it really fits. And um, I think that we could be finding out something quite similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <sighs> the hatch exploded at the end of season two, and we have in season three Ben showing Jack, you know, this video of the Red Sox. So obviously at that point in time, the times were pretty much synced. Yes. It, it would seem. Um, and again, when Jack is talking to uh, Lapidus, he is talking about how um, the Red Sox won again. And uh, when, we get, when we get into that article, I guess we're going to talk about that more. But, um, not that they <clears> won again. That the not Red that they Sox won, won again, but that they did win. And uh, unless he's been on this freighter for a while, it seems like he would have been asking him, you know, why are you talking about something that took place? Well, the so, thing, it's, yeah. if, um, if they were coming from 2000, if the freighter people are in this... I guess the people on the outside world would just think that the, that they had been on the island longer than they feel that they have been on the If island. the freighter people were coming from 2007... They come to the island and are talking to these people who are in the mindset of 2004. So when Jack asks, did the Red Sox really win the World Series as if he had not known this, then the freighter people, then, then the world must have thought that they were on this island for, for years, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I... A lot of times I start talking and <laughs> I solve what I'm talking about as I'm talking. Yeah. I th um, Okay. So we're going to get into this EW article now. It's definitely an article that everyone okay, should this read is, it's, about it's Lost. Um, from Entertainment Weekly. If they you're did, a big baby, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> they did an interview. They interviewed... Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. And obviously, as they are the creators of the show, they're not going to be giving away intense spoilers. But they so, do talk about the they, general plan. Yeah, the they next. talk about what to expect in this season and the next. They talk about the, the overall themes, but they also just do, you know, clarification of past things. So and first, I, think, I think it's good, good. I like knowing the direction that we're going, you yeah. know. They've told us that every season is going to be focused on a specific thing, uh, yeah. like this is the freighter-centric season. So so these aren't even spoilers at this point. These are This is just the article. So, um, uh, First off, they to clarify a little bit about last episode, The Economist, the Saeed episode. Um, a lot of people apparently had emailed them about this bracelet situation. How these bracelets were similar on both uh, Naomi and the woman that Elsa Elsa from his flash forward, and Damon said in the article, sometimes a bracelet is just a bracelet. So a, a lot of people were making connections between these two things, but there there wasn't any. 
And also, a lot of people were asking them, you know, in these flash-forwards, how do we know if this first flash-forward scene you're presenting us with is really coming before any other flash-forward scene? Because a lot of people thought maybe uh, from The Economist that the first scene where Saeed shoots the man on the golf course happened after, after he... Um, met up with Elsa and, you know, met up with Ben and he told him this name. But, um, that's not the way it's gonna work. They right. said, that, you know, there's too much issue with time. If they're gonna be breaking up the narrative anyway to do flash-forwards and flashbacks, they're not gonna then further break up those narratives. So he says, Damon says, when we're presenting you with a narrative, it's always happening in chronological order. Um, and then they, they talk a little bit about Find 815, if any of you did that. We did. And apparently... We did. Uh, according to Damon, he says, we cannot say that any of that stuff in Find 815 is canon. Which was... Wonderful. A disappointing thing to read. But, they did say that they, pro they provided the outline for it, but they didn't, you know, they weren't completely overseeing it. He said, uh, the Christiane 1, which in the show was responsible for finding Oceanic 815, was in fact looking for the Black Rock. We established that in the show, but the people who own the ship may have been up to a little bit more than just looking for the Black Rock, which... I, I, I mean, I, I guess it was... factual, most of Find 815, but it wasn't. Most of it, but they created their own story and their yeah. own character to work with. Um, one of the other things they talk about is the return of a certain character. That is a spoiler, so we're not gonna do that yet. Not quite a spoiler. But, anyway. I, I'm just doing. This is this. It, <laughs> I'm just saying it may not even be a spoiler because I don't even know if people notice that this character's gone. <laughs> True. But um, um, anyway, and then they go into a lot about time. So um, Damon says, "We're not going to tell you that we're against bending the time-space continuum. We are very for it. Carlton and I are pro time-space continuum bending." But we are anti-paradox. Paradox creates issues. And then they lapse into this whole big heroes rant, which is just <laughs> about fantastic. About how heroes doesn't work. Because there's too, ma too much paradox in heroes. Because hero... I don't know if you know about the show Heroes, but one of the characters' <laughs> names is hero. hero. Hero goes travel time trips... Back to past heroes. <laughs> time trips. <laughs> it's time travel and lost time tripping. Time on tripping heroes. on heroes. Um, he travels in the past to say you must prevent the destruction of New York, but then if he prevents the destruction of New York, then how can that hero have to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's a paradox. Heroes. Is hero anyway. dead? I don't know. Spoiler for heroes. Anyway. Oh, spoiler. And then spoiler for heroes is that. It's not it's a good just show. Bad. <laughs> uh, and then Damon and Carlton have this little conversation. He, they, Damon says, "When we got back from the strike, we had to put up a master timeline of the future, from the point where the Oceanic Six will end up leaving the island, all the way up to where the flash forwards will end." Carlton says, "And the hard thing was charting a timeline when there's a bend in space-time. How do you illustrate that kind of timeline when time isn't entirely linear? That took us an entire morning." Damon finishes his sentence. Just to debate the quantum physics of it all. And Carlton says, we needed to bring in a professional illustrator. They smirk. So, clearly they're being a little cheeky about 
what they're doing with time, but they're, they, they even, they had to, they had to bring someone in to illustrate this all, like, they're, they've confused themselves about it, but apparently they're promising no paradox. So... They like the thought of bending space-time, but they don't, they're, they, they can't do time travel specifically because that creates paradox issues. Right. So it's not time travel so much, I think, as consequences, um... Going, I don't want to say say going back to the past, but just things in your past having changed. Yeah. And I think, you know, the main person who's going to bear the brunt of all this is Desmond. Yeah, because of that episode where he went back before. Yeah. And then um, Damon also said something about Charlotte. He said, Charlotte Lewis was an obvious reference to C.S. Lewis and an important clue to places we're going at the end of the season. So, C.S. Lewis, of course, wrote The Chronicles of Narnia. Right. And from uh, the book The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the narrator says, explaining time in Narnia, he says, Narnian time flows differently from ours. If you spent a hundred years in Narnia, you would still come back to our world at the very same hour of the very same day you left. And then, if you went back to Narnia after spending a week here, you might find that a thousand Narnian years had passed, or only a day, or no, t- no time at all. You never know till you get there. Which I think is... Could have... I mean... They, they say that the, that, that idea of, of traveling to like a different world with different time is a part of this show. I think... That same... Definitely, because just the fact alone that time can be different tells me that the island is in a completely different dimension. Mm-hmm. The rules don't apply. Traveling, you know, you're traveling back and forth between two dimensions and you don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah. So, when you come back. And I I after I read that, I sat and I just thought about it for a while thinking, well, could one of them be constant whereas one you just have no idea. So, you know, if you're coming from the real world, and you travel to the island, time passes on the island, and then you go back to the real world, and no time has passed. I d- and then I determined that that wasn't possible. That's not possible. But then I thought, well, maybe you go from the island to the real world, and, no and then go passes. back to the island, and no time has passed on the island. I also determined that that wasn't possible, so it's well, not also exactly... also because it has a lot to do with relativity. I mean, if if it's one person doing... One person doing this time traveling, I think. I don't see how it works. Well, also... I do believe it's probably an ever-changing thing, though. Here's the thing. Maybe, uh, you know... No. Never mind. (laughs) I thought of an example, and then I realized the example that negated that. Anyway, that's... They they talked a lot about time in the article. Um... Then they go on to what to expect this season. Uh, Carlton says, Now our heroes will find themselves defending the very island they wanted to leave. The future hints at the fact that these folks have a deeper connection to the island than they themselves realized. And um, and he also says, Now we're going to learn their relationship to the outside world once they've been on the island. So obviously... Them being on the island has has something to do with, with why their lives are are so drastically changed now that they are off the island, or who they even are. Yeah. Um, 
they also made a, a big point about the coffin. Damon said, we could be winky about the coffin all the way through season five, but that was one of the first things we talked about when we got back to work on the new episodes. We definitely have to show who was in the coffin. So we are going to know, and if my theory is correct... It's Michael. It's Michael. But who knows? And I'm going to lose 30 points in the last episode. Anyway. Right. <sighs> uh, then they also talk about um, the, the plane at the bottom of the ocean. Carlton says, we'll know by the end of the season that there will be two alternative explanations for why Oceanic 815 is in the trench at the bottom of the ocean. The act of taking a plane, filling it with dead bodies, and putting it at the bottom of the ocean connotes a group that is pretty freaking powerful. You should be worried about the people involved in either scenario capable of doing something like that. That really confuses me. Right, so apparently... Two different scenarios, that seems like an alternate... A hint at alternate... Well... Possibilities. I think it's... Maybe... I don't, I don't even know what that means. I mean, someone obviously put that plane there, so is it, like, two, trying to figure out between two... Who it was. People who, who put it there? The motive, I guess. Yeah. The I, mystery of Ben's list is also linked to this wreckage. Right. And it, just by the fact that he says a group that is pretty freaking powerful makes me think either, you know, Widmore... Widmore, or Hanzo. Hanzo, or even... Uh, Son's father. Right. Mr. Pike. But, um, I lean more towards, um, a sort of either Hanzo or Woodmore connection based on the, uh, picture that, the fact that, um, Naomi had, Yeah, uh, that picture of that picture. Desmond and Penny. Um, so what else? there's also quote about the Frady, the, the Fr Frady folk that I didn't write um, So he starts talking um, about the interesting names that he has for the Freighter people, you know, the allusion to C.S. Lewis, and uh, Faraday is often, is uh, obviously mm -hmm. Michael Faraday, the physicist. Um, Miles Strom, you know, they, they love the names on the show. Um, Carlton says that Charlotte's name is an important clue to her as-yet-untold important backstory. So I have a feeling we're going to be a, seeing a Charlotte flashback yeah. this season. Specific Charlotte flashback. Um, and I'm wondering what that has to do with time. Um, so we also have... Um, for the record, what is the official lingo here? The freighter folk? You know, a lot of people have been debating, what do we call them? The freighties? Uh, the brothers. <laughs> so bad. Linoff says, I like freighter folk because you wonder if there's an album cover out there with all of them, and they have mom's and papa's outfits on. Hughes says, freighter folk is more benign, and they're not the only people on that freighter. You're going to meet some other people on the freighter who have another name, and in contrast to those folks, these freighter folk are very, uh... Folkish. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. They just say stuff I don't know what it means, but I'm like, ah. Oh, I, I don't, don't think know they know what they mean sometimes. Abaddon, they admit, is something that they just dug out of Wikipedia. <laughs> they, to kind of... <laughs> to just kind, 
they just need names. Like, they're not going to name him, like, John Smith, so. For real. Um, they kind of wrap up, you know, with their little bantering. But that is the gist of the article, I think. Yeah. You should definitely read it if you don't feel like you've gotten the gist of it from this. Because yeah. it tells yeah, we us a some lot. Stuff out. It's, a good, it's a good article. Um, and. Oh, right. uh, another thing, you whoa. know, Lapidus, I guess. Well, you're you're very picky on what if, if it's in there. I'm just saying. I'm, I, well, we have some spoilerish. No, I'm just from. saying. Right now, we're going to talk about episode five. Right. Um. So we're going to talk about episode five, and if you do not want to know what might be happening in episode five, we don't have any hardcore spoilers about just the next episode. General really. stuff. Um, but. It's if called, you're uh, for the people who are leaving, if you're leaving now, um you can visit our website. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You can visit our website, it's let's get lost.blogspot.com. <laughs> um no, it's not. What is it? It's let's get lost podcast. Let's get lost.blogspot.com is gonna lead you to some uh <laughs> Music. <laughs> I've I've gone to it. It's not us, uh, <laughs> which is why no one listens. Um, let's get lost. Let's podcast. get lost. Podcast. Blogspot. Com. Also, you can get it on iTunes, which is probably where you got this from. Right. Is the <laughs> iTunes up and working now? No. It okay. Soon. I. You can get us on iTunes. You know, or you could go to our website, post comment. Uh, email us, email at, our us email at our email address. Let's try this one. Let's get lost podcast at gmail.com. Nice. And um, we want to hear from you. We want to hear, you know, some feedback, uh, things to talk about. You know, we're babies. We still can be molded uh, as you please. Well, so, we're just babies. <laughs> so um, thanks for joining us. Um, if you're checking out now. Um, I'm Sam. I'm Anita. And, uh, don't, don't get, get lost. lost. Uh, stick around until next week. Okay. So, so spoilers. Episode, uh, yeah. Episode five, <laughs> uh, is called The Constant. It's Desmond-centric. I want to talk about The Constant for a second, because when you brought up all that C.S. Lewis, uh, talk, I really started thinking about that. The fact that one side is constant, is constant at some point. Okay. So, um... Um, the official episode description says, Saeed and Desmond hit a bit of turbulence on the way to the freighter, which causes Desmond to experience some unexpected side effects. He throws up. He just gets really nauseous. He time trips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is what we can expect, Tom. Um, right. Here. And Carlton said in that article, um, the fifth episode of the season deals with time travel and operates in different time periods. It was a tough story to break, but we adhere to our rule, no paradox. Um, according to Lostpedia... Desmond jumps slash time travels to a location near the port of Fiji. He seems to be expected there and is caught up by two men, Kimi from Vegas and Omar from Florida. They lock him up in a room and are going to get and are going to get the doc to ask him some questions. In the room, George Minkowski is lying tied up in a bed and he asks if it is happening to Desmond too. It being uh, assuming some sort of time... Time travel. Yeah. Like... Some sort of... Something. Some... 
scary. I'm so afraid to use the term time travel now because it, it I don't like it's been debunked. Or are you somehow here too? Basically, you know, it's not just that Desmond appears in this moment. He 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 knows that he's supposed to be at this point in the future, but he's not. Right. Or you know, this could be the future. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and also in the episode, Penny is going to show up, and so is uh, Widmore, Charles Ooh. Widmore, and we're finally going to see Minkowski. Oh, how exciting! Minkowski has that been, voice I've been waiting for. I know. Fisher Stevens plays Minkowski, which is a great casting. Exciting. Um. So big spoiler. Um, probably spoiler. something you've already kind of. Had an idea about. Um, Michael is on the freighter. There's a picture that came out, um, shows him on a set with, you know, freight, I guess, that is, freighter. It looks like he's on a freighter, and then also, if you look at the uh, preview for episode five, you see Saeed on the freighter, and they kind of match up those things to it. Right, so it looks like he definitely is on the freighter, and so, you know. Then that brings up the question, is that what Ben was leading him to when he gave him those coordinates? Right, is, and, is uh, he the man on the boat? Yeah, Michael could have possibly knew that before he went home, he had to do this thing for Ben. Right. By making sure these people are kept at bay, I guess, and... Giving him, relaying him information right. somehow. Uh... uh I'm sure by now you might know that there is going to be a major death. And we released a list last week on um, that was put up on Dark UFO about the possible candidates yeah. for who was going to die. And they came, they included, like... It was, it was Sun, Sun, Faraday... No, I can do it. Sun, <laughs> Faraday, Claire, Sawyer, Desmond, Juliet, and Jin. Right. And a uh, video re was released that they were going to knock one of those people off. That person was no longer going to be, you know, in the running for death. Right. And that person was Claire. Which Even though we were so sure it blows was be my her. mind that it's not Claire since, you know, we knew Aaron was getting off. Uh, so, and then, um, it's the who is it that uh, said that Osiello? Yeah. Said that it is definitely one of our original 815ers. Which not knocks off Desmond and Juliet. Which basically leaves us with Sun, Jin, and Sawyer. Yes. So. Right, Sun, Jin, and Sawyer. Um, and. Sun, Jin, Sawyer, Blair, Desmond, Juliet. Faraday. Faraday. <laughs> right. Good yeah. Um, so this death is going to happen in episode seven, which is the last episode of our first set before we go for a little bit of a hiatus, which is only going to be six, six weeks. weeks. So it's not too bad. Um, so do we want to talk about why we think we, we think believe it is Jin? And I want to say I'm 90% positive it's Jin. I want to say I'm almost 92% positive. Wow. And this is because of something we know about um, another upcoming episode. We, the, well, the seventh episode is a Jin-sun flash forward. Right. 
Because they are the other two of the final Oceanic two of the Oceanic Six. I don't know why they're making all these comments about how the last two of the Oceanic Six are tricky. I think they're I just... don't think it's tricky at all. I think it's just because, you know, now that Ben and Aaron are right. coming into the mix. Uh, but we think it's Jin. There was something on Spoiler Fix, I think, that said that it was... During the filming of Episode 7, they saw... A scene being filmed where Sun and her child were at a funeral. Right. So, I, I don't, I mean, I, I just, I don't think Sawyer's gonna die. And I, between Jin and Sun, I don't believe it would be Sun because she has the She has child. the baby. Uh, who is named... I'm not, I'm probably butchering this. Ji-yeon? 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 It's apparently a, uh, it's a pretty common, um, Korean female name. Baby it's a girl. girl. Uh, but it's not that popular of a name. So, um, that just le- it just leads me to believe that Jin yeah. is doomed. Which is sad, because yeah. the guy's been through a lot. For real. Um, so, as for other upcoming episodes, we do know that, uh, Cynthia Watros is going to be back in episode, episode eight. 8 as Libby, and, uh, Kane is officially cancelled, right. so Richard Alpert Richard will, Alper, Alper will be back. will be on the show again. Um, so... Next episode, Desmond-centric. Episode 6 is going to be Juliet-centric. Um, and it's going to be a flashback. Um, and apparently her and Jack are going to share a passionate kiss. Yeah. That's about the most exciting thing I've gotten out of that. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk, we can, we'll talk about we have a lot. these episodes. Oh, as basically, the-, the last one that's confirmed is episode 8. Mm-hmm. Called Meet Kevin Johnson, which is Michael centric, and this one seems like it's going to be good. But really we can talk about that during our podcast for episode seven. Okay, or I could just okay go for finish it. what I was saying. Um, this looks like it's going to be a pretty good episode. It's going to be like a seems like a the other forty eight days type. Uh, but past that, it's all speculation on what what who centric it's gonna be. Yeah. Like like we said we said in the last podcast, you know, episode nine was originally gonna be Ben, maybe it still is, but um that's basically it. We don't know any more spoilers and looks like it's gonna be pretty dead in the spoiler department. Yeah. For a while. Until these next fives this I final mean, five start up again. Right. Because I mean, the Fred- Michael and Frieda one's a pretty big, yeah. pretty big deal, and I'm guessing that's not coming up until episode eight. Yeah. So that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, that's all we have. We are going to be podcasting next week. Next week for episode five. Um. So join us then. And uh. Any, you know, final comments? Uh, send us emails. Send us emails. We love to hear from you. Mom, Dad, send me an email. 
telling me how much you love this show. They're not even listening. I don't think they like All spoilers. my friends. Uh, <laughs> all of our friends. All of our friends uh, send us an email. You could ma- you could do this. You could go on Gmail. It's completely free. You can make a fake email account. Pretend you're a listener. And that would be great for our self-esteem. We want listeners. Uh, we want you. You to listening come back. to this? You love it? Tell your friends. Listen to our last podcast. It listen was- to them on repeat. I listen to them as I'm walking <laughs> down the street. I love to hear myself talk. Uh, you know, you can listen to our last podcast for um, episode three. It was a success. It was a great success. <laughs> uh, so that's it. So hope you will be joining us next week. And until then, visit our website, give us emails. Uh, yeah. And, you know, don't, don't get lost. Don't get lost on your way home. Don't get lost on your way home. But join us next week. Come back.